Welcome to the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader we will be tomorrow. Welcome to the next episode of the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader you will be tomorrow. Uh, today, I'm joined by Terry and Jennifer. I'm excited to have you guys back with us. I know you guys were on episode number one. And so I'm excited because today we said we were going to talk about what is the most important part of being a switch leader. And I've heard a lot of different things. So let's just talk about some of the random things that people you've heard people say that seem important, like being a Fortnite expert or being a Bible theologian. Yeah, I mean, having great kicks is imperative. For sure. Current on all hit music. All hit music, all okay. All hit music, yeah. So Ariana Grande, Ariana, Dre, mm-hmm. Justin Bieber, is he still a, is that still? Uh, okay, okay. Old Town Road is the current Old anthem. Old Town Road is yeah. the current anthem. Very good, very good. Okay, well, those are all joking things. Well, those are great <laughs> information things to know. Uh, I truly believe the most important thing to being a great switch leader is your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's really hard to take someone someone to a place that you're not personally growing. And as switch leaders, we consider ourselves guides in the lives of these students. We're not the hero. Jesus is the hero. But in order to be the guide, you've had to be going the same place that you're wanting to guide and lead them to. And it's all about that personal relationship. It's really hard for me as a husband to say, hey, let me give advice to Terry as a husband of how to be a great husband when I don't treat my wife well. I would have no clue how to do it. And so today we're going to talk about all about that personal spiritual growth. The greatest thing we believe you need to be to be a great switch leader. Terry, I want you to start off and just kind of tell us a little bit about when you think about personal spiritual growth, when you think about your own personal relationship with Jesus, uh, what is it like? What does it mean to you? Yeah, I think so many times when... Um you know, I'm having conversations with people that are struggling with different things. I kind of start with, you know, what does your quiet time look like? What does your time with God look like currently? Uh, I know in the times that I've struggled the most, either in my relationship with my wife or even parenting my kids or even engaging with people at work and ministry, it's those times where I'm dry spiritually, where I'm not engaging with God. So I think the most important thing is everyone's built a little bit different, but choosing how am I going to make sure that I'm in spending time with God every single day. So help me understand, when you say like dry spiritually, like what does that mean? Uh, It means, you know, a lot of times when we are busy being Christians, we get busy being Christians. It just means like, I'm trying to do good things. I'm trying to be nice to people. And we forget that it's actually a relationship with Christ. And so it's spending time with Jesus, um, knowing that he's my friend, he's my leader, um, he's my savior, and I get to talk to him every single day. So it's when I'm not walking with God, when I'm not... um, filling my cup by spending time in the Word, praying. So almost like going through the motions and not necessarily living out the relationship. Absolutely. I think we can get distracted sometimes, get complacent, and just think, well, I'm showing up to church every week, or um, I'm praying with my kids before a meal, and forgetting that it's more than that. That's good. Jennifer, you refined yourself in that spot? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm a busy working mom. I've got a family and kids, and sometimes I can get so busy taking care of other people that I'm not taking care of my spiritual relationship with Christ. And it's a really, really hard place to love people well, even just in my own home, much less people out in the world or students that I get to lead um, when, when I'm exhausted spiritually. So it sounds like one of the first steps in your personal relationship is just admitting to where you're at. Like if you don't know where you're at, mm-hmm. um, if you don't understand the reality of what your relationship is like, 
you can actually probably find yourself um, just going through the motions like, hey, it's good. I go to church. I serve at Switch. But the all honestly, that personal relationship with Jesus isn't there. It's kind of like a friendship where you see each other every day at work or at school or at the gym, but there's not that deep, intimate relationship where you're actually spending time getting to know one another, growing and showing that love. So how does a person get there? How do they, how do they personally grow in their relationship? Well, for me, one thing that is just core to that is prayer. Um, I know prayer is something we all talk about and I hear, you know, something's going on in your life and I'm like, man, I want to pray for you, but I actually want to stop and take time and pray and, and not just praying for people, but just talking to God. Um, a few years ago, we went through just a really, really hard season of life and um, tragedy after tragedy. And it was one of those seasons where it feels like it hurts to breathe. Mm. And, um, and in that, I just learned to talk to God in a new way. And there were, there were times that all I could say was, God, I'm mad at you and I don't understand. Um, but, but it was super transformative in my life. I feel like now, you know, when I'm laying in bed at night, if I'm not sleeping, it's not, it's not worry. It's not me being anxious about all of the things. It's me actually talking to God. And sometimes I talk to God about, you know, what should I do with my hair these days? And sometimes I'm talking to God about, you know, my kids struggling, um, or where's my marriage or things are going on with my parents. Um, I'm, I'm at that age now where, you know, my parents are parents and I'm parenting. So I'm like stuck in the middle and it's like, whatever those adult family things are that are going on. Um, I just talk to God all the time and I actually also schedule prayer time. So you're saying it's okay to be honest with God who knows all things about what's going on in your life. Like having an actual intimate, into me, you see, as I've heard Pastor Craig say, yeah. conversation with God. Yeah, and and I I heard um, I heard about a woman whose daughter had been killed, and um, she said that if if all I can do is say, "God, I'm mad at you," that that's still me talking to God. And I thought that was so powerful. And there were times where it just it felt like I felt like a kid who didn't understand. You know, why why have you told me that I have to go to bed? Why have you told me that I can't have that treat? Why have you taken something that's painful. Um, and so really admitting, God, this is just where I am and, and asking him to meet me somewhere else. So sometimes my prayer is, God, I don't understand. And I need your help. God, I know that you're good. Help me feel like you're good. I know that I trust you. Help me trust you because right now everything just kind of feels chaotic. Man, that's, that's powerful. That's, I mean, that's true. Terry, when you think about kind of some of the things you just heard Jennifer talk about, uh, and kind of break that down in your own personal life for us. Sure. I think a lot of what Jennifer said, I, I mean, I, I love everything you just said. Um, if you weren't already consistently having conversation with God, it would be almost like one of those relationships with your parents where you just stop talking to them. You don't get mad at them because they're not letting you have the treat or telling you when to go to bed. You just shut them out. I think that when you choose to already be walking with God and spending time with him, when those hard times come, mm-hmm. it's a lot easier to now engage and know that he's walking with you versus, you know, Vince, you even mentioned earlier, it's kind of like a friend. If you just keep bumping into him, how close are you? But it, even with God, are you even friends if you don't talk to him? If you don't talk to your friend for a year, you know, are you really still friends? You know, maybe those core friends you had when you were a kid that are always going to be those friends you come back to. But really, relationships and friendships crumble with space a lot of times. And so if I'm not checking on my friend every week or every day or doing those things, you know, and I think the thing, same thing is with God. 
if I'm not investing that time or choosing that I'm going to talk to God every day, um, it's really easy to forget to and yeah. just not be that friend. And as I'm hearing you talk, I'm remembering um, several years ago, I was driving in the car and I wasn't in that place where God and I were like that. And I can't even remember what he had done, but my husband had done something. And I was just like at that, like, I just want to punch you in the face kind of mad. You know, I'm sure you guys are much godlier spouses than I am. And I was driving home from work and I called three friends in a row that didn't answer because I wanted to vent to them. And then I wanted their advice. And after three non-answered phone calls, um, this was years ago when we still called each other instead of just texting, I went, okay, maybe I should talk to God first. And I tried to imagine like God sitting there with me in the car. What would I say to him? And I know it sounds dumb and kind of maybe even immature, but it reset the way I began to think about the way I talked to God. And that was kind of this like turning the ship in the night moment for me where God was kind of somebody that I liked and I loved what Jesus had done for me, but he wasn't like deep rooted in my life. I want to know you. I want to talk to you every day. And that was one of those catalytic moments. And it was because I tried to reach out to three flesh and blood friends who weren't available. Right. That made me go, oh, maybe this is a sign. Maybe I should actually talk to God first. It's good. That's good. God killed it. their phone batteries. Like, also, no. I didn't punch my husband in the face. Just I didn't, high, I didn't think I, you did. I didn't think you did. But, you know, now that the listeners know that you did not punch your husband yeah, in I mean, the face. Yeah, I mean, you get mad at God like that. Your husband doesn't stand a chance. <laughs> I want to know, you mentioned, like, you talked to God about your, even your hair. When you look in the mirror, do you ever say, God, I don't know what you were thinking? Or <laughs> um, Is that a real today? question? Okay. Like, like today, I mean, how you feeling? Did he do a good job? Yeah, well, I mean, I have a fresh cut, so it's working right now. It looks good. Okay. It looks good. <laughs> I like what you said. I think what it is is it's choosing to be proactive versus reactive. I mean, when we find ourselves in the pit, if that's when we decide to start talking to God sometimes, yeah. it's going to be an uphill. we still got to climb out of that thing. Yeah. But when we're already deciding this is how I'm going to live my life, I'm going to spend time with God. When those things come, we don't feel like we're falling in a pit. We just feel like, oh, tripping over a little speed bump or yeah. something. So it's kind of sound like you're saying whether it's in the lower valleys or the hills or the valleys man, we need to be spending time with God, having conversations like, God, thank you so much for all that you've done in my life. Or God, man, right now, I just it's, it's just not a good day. Like that just honest, intimate conversation. What are some spiritual disciplines, some things that you guys are doing to kind of help keep you in that lane and in, in that groove of just reminding you to constantly spend time with God? What are some of the disciplines you're doing? Um, one of the things I'm doing right now, because I was in like Terry talked about earlier, just a little bit of feeling spiritually dry. And I realized it was because I had kind of begun to shut down. I was going through a lot and I just wasn't really communicating well with God and I wasn't processing what he was trying to teach me. And so I'm just in a stretch right now where I'm tuning out the noise. And so for me, I love music. I love movies. Chad and I go to concerts all the time. We take our kids to concerts. Like it's what we do. But when I really realize either there's sin in my life, the pride that says I can get mad enough to want to take it out on somebody, um, or I just feel distant from God. I feel like I know that you're there, but you don't feel near. I begin to tune out all the other stuff. And all that I listen to is what I call worship music or Jesus jams. Like I'm listening to good music. Um, I'm filling my mind with the word of God. I'll have the Bible app read to me. I'm listening to other sermon podcasts. I'm listening to spiritual development stuff. And I'm just really 
taking time to retrain my brain to think differently, um, to write down right now, I'm writing down three things a day that I'm thankful for. And sometimes it's, um, I'm thankful that the sun was out and it was beautiful, or I'm thankful that, um, you know, my kids all came home or one of my kids spontaneously said, I love you in public. Cause one of them's getting to the age that that's not always the case. Right. Or sometimes it's like, thank you, God, we sold the house and you've created some breathing room in our finances again, or whatever those things are, um, tuning out the noise and then taking time to thank God for what he's given me. That's good. Terry? Yeah. So um, one of the methods, because, you know, there are so many things, but if you don't choose, you know, at least one and have a, your first step, take that first step, that it's hard to get to the all-encompassing things. But so if you, like, if you're a switch leader and you're like, man, I just don't know when to find time, 30 minutes. Um, we call it the 10, 10, 10, the triple double, or even the Westbrook, because he's a king. He is the king of triple doubles. I Come see on. what you did there, the 10, 10, 10. That's a triple double. Okay. I mean, when the guy averages a triple double in a season and then hits a 20, 20, 20 game, that's phenomenal. So anyway, I, the Westbrook, and what that means is it's, it's basically 10 minutes in the Bible, 10 minutes in prayer, 10 minutes in worship. It's 30 minutes. So is this something you do every morning? Uh, it's something that I have done in seasons where I needed that, you know, just that discipline to say this, I'm going to do this. This is going to be the base of everything else. This is kind of my tithe and everything else, else will be the offering. When In those dry seasons, it's an easy way to get back into it and say, I'm choosing just like running. I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to run for 30 minutes or along the same lines. I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to start with 30 minutes with Jesus. Yeah. yeah. So that was 10 minutes of reading your Bible, 10 minutes of prayer and 10 minutes of journaling. So I've heard about that. I've heard of different versions where it's reading your Bible, praying, listening to worship music, as you talked about, Jennifer. Uh, what are some other things that you guys are doing to kind of help you stay on that path of your relationship with Jesus? What are some other spiritual disciplines that you guys take part in? Yeah, one of the things that I even remember doing as a student back in, in high school um, was the SOAP method. I know a lot of people have heard of that. It sounds very elementary, and it is, and it, but it's so powerful, and it's yeah. scripture observation, application, and prayer. And so what it is, is you find the scripture that you're going to dig into and um, you write it down. And it's kind of the, a way to journal and you write down the scripture. So you literally write out the whole scripture. That's the S, then the O. Now I'm going to write down all, all the observations I have from that scripture. And then I'm going to think through, now what does that mean to me? How do I actually apply that to my life? And I'm going to write it down. And then based on that, God, here's my prayer on how I need you to encourage and help me to apply this to my life and to make this part of who I am. And you literally write down the prayer. And it's a really cool journal to look back through the scripture that you, you know, you're investing that time to learn more about God and who he is and what he wants for you and what you observe from it, how you've applied it and actually go back and see how you have applied that and how God's helped you make that a part of who you are. So Jennifer, I heard you talk about how you schedule time for God. And I've heard people say before that if it's important, you should schedule it. And yeah. so are there other things like that? Or matter of fact, even tell us more, like what's it like to schedule time with God? Um, so I, I just kind of made this commitment that anytime I woke up in the middle of the night and I was awake for more than 10 or 15 minutes that I was going to get up and spend time with God, that I kind of felt like that was him prompting me. And so I literally have a basket in my living room that has my old Bible with paper notes in it and things I've notes I've made in different years. And I have a journal and I have whatever book I'm reading at the time. And I, so it's available on the ready and I'll just get it and go sit on the couch and just go, okay, God, what is it that you want to say to me right now? And I, 
sometimes I prime my heart, like I turn on some worship music and I just sit there and I think about the things that I'm processing, you know, what's good in my life, what's hard in my life, what, what's just my daily stuff, not profound stuff, but you know, I need to have a conversation with this person or I really haven't seen this friend. I want to reach out or something's going on in my family. Um, and I just sit and I talk to God about those things. And when I've really needed, um, almost like a breakthrough from God, when I really need to feel him, I just kind of create this, I call it my nest and I turn on worship music and I've got tissue because if you know me at all, you know, if I'm feeling it, it's coming out my eyeballs. <laughs> so I got tissue. I got a water bottle to rehydrate. I've got that journal. I've got my digital Bible on my YouVersion app and maybe a paper Bible. And I just go, okay, God, where are we going? And if I don't know, then I just begin to flip open the last scripture I was in, or I'll turn to one of my favorite passages in Philippians or a Psalm that I love. And, you know, if you don't know where to start, Psalms is a pretty easy place to start. They're short, they're concise, and it's David. Most of them are David talking through his struggles with God. And it doesn't typically take very long for me to feel like, man, that is right up my alley. That's what I'm going through. So you've got scheduled time with God. Mm -hmm. You've got if I'm up in the middle of the night, you've got, you know what, it's just, I'm going to take some time and spend it with God. And so it sounds like what some of the things that you guys are saying here is the key is to spend time with God, whether it's the soap method or the, as Terry put it, the Russell Westbrook 10, 10, 10, triple, double yep. method. And no matter what your season, whether you're going through the hills or the valley, is that you've got to stay connected, like, because that personal relationship matters. Yeah. And one thing I was just talking with several of my students about, um, it feels like a lot of people around me are in that same kind of dry season where we're not having the goosebumpy Holy Spirit feels. And what I've been reminding myself and encouraging them is we don't do it because we feel it. We do it and then we'll feel it. Like I don't, I don't wait until I feel like I'm on a date night with God, you know, that kind of Holy Spirit goosebumpy feel. I do it anyway. And that's why it's called a spiritual discipline. Cause it's not always fun to get up and go run at 5:30 in the morning. It's not always fun to choose a salad when what you really wanted was brisket nachos. But brisket nachos, let's come go. Come on. Dang, that sounds good. But but when we do it, even when we don't feel it, um, God is definitely not a divine vending machine where I set up my stuff and I put in my time and then I expect to pull the lever or push the button and he delivers something. <sighs> That's good. Come but on. when I do it consistently, I find that my heart shifts and I begin to hear him in new ways. And when I position my heart like that, my the ears of my soul can begin to hear those small, quiet things from the Holy Spirit pushing me in a direction or pulling me towards something else. And I think I love everything you said and brisket nachos. That's fantastic, first of all. <laughs> but I love it when studying your Bible and spending time praying and talking with God does become those brisket nachos. Yeah. And I think a lot of times it's even like reshaping your motivation. And I remember having conversations with my kids when I was teaching them the spiritual discipline. Hey, here's how we spend time in the Bible. And, mm -hmm. and because it did feel like it was mostly a discipline for them, I didn't want it to feel legalistic. We even started asking simple questions at bedtime. What did you see God do today? Yeah. And that was a question we'd ask our kids before they went to bed every night because that helps them open their eyes to, you know, and then it even brings alive the things that they're reading in their Bible, the conversations they're having with God throughout the day. And I think finding those things that motivate you to really just enjoy it are really important too, not just because you know it's good for you, but also because it's fun and it is it's such yeah. a healthy relationship. And um, one of the coolest 
motivations I've had is, you know, when my son was about four, I heard, I was, I was thinking, okay, he's getting to that age. I'm going to start helping him experience God more. And I heard someone say that their Bible, all their, in their Bible, they like to take notes in it because, um, they could go back and see what God showed them in scripture and that they were actually had been working one on their set for their son. And when he turned 18, he was going to get that Bible and see all of his dad's notes from all those years that he was growing up. And I thought, I want to do that, but I want to write those notes to my oldest son, Luke. I want him to see that. So since four, he's 14 now, for 10 years now, I've been investing in when I pour over That's this awesome. Bible, I'm getting mm-hmm. right these really cool notes. And he gets to see even how God's changed me and the way things I thought before and how they've changed in my notes. And it, and I'm really excited about the YouVersion Bible app because I was like, well, now I got two kids and yeah. I only got this one paper Bible. But it's really cool because there's like, options within the YouVersion Bible app now that you can even like give your Bible app account yeah. to one of your kids or, you know, transition that over. And it's really neat that I can take Bible notes in my digital Bible as well for Charlie, my younger son, and be able to give that to him later. Yeah, that's good. Man, guys, first of all, I got to thank you for being here today and being open, honest, vulnerable, and just kind of sharing uh, what God's placed in your heart when it comes to about just your own personal relationships. And I believe that there are people who are definitely going to be impacted by this. But I just want to recap this. Uh, the most important thing you can do, not simply because you're a switch leader, but because you're a Christ follower, is your own personal relationship with God. It's not mm-hmm. just simply showing up at switch. And whether you're in the hills or valleys, the, the dry seasons, or, man, God's doing something amazing, like you said, Jennifer, to be thankful and all that God is doing and to take every opportunity, whether you schedule it or whether it's it's random, but to be intentional about your time uh, with God. And it's not because of the feels that we do, but it's out of those disciplines of the love that we have and like any great relationship, whether it's with your spouse, your kids or your best friend, like there's some things that you're doing to working through and growing on that. So man, to all the switch leaders out there, man, we love you and appreciate you and thankful for what you do. But Man, it's who you are as a Christ follower that matters to me and to all your youth pastors out there. They care about you and want to see you continue to grow in your relationship uh, with Christ. Thank you for being on the Switch Leader Podcast, where we decide today the leader that we want to be tomorrow.